Support for PSG Talk is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped is taking over the world and is now available for all of your grooming needs. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PSGTALK, all one word, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Make sure to use the promo code PSGTALK. And now, let's get into the show. Hello, this is Matt, Kose, Mark, Guillaume, James, Mel, Zach, this is David, this is PSG Talking, the seul podcast sur le PSG en anglais. Hello and welcome to another episode of PSG Talking. As always, I'm your host Ed, and on today's show we're going to be discussing PSG's win over Marseille in the Trophée des Champions, Mauricio Pochettino's tactics three games in, Ligon's financial despair, and Neymar's feud with Alvaro Gonzalez. But before we get into all of that, let's greet the team. Joining me today we have Matt, Kose, and Guillaume. Guys, how's everything going? Nobody's talking, so I'm going to talk first, you know. Um, hello, everyone. Uh, a special hello to um, to Karina. Hello, Karina. And uh, no, things are things are good. Um, I told you. Told you so. Mm-hmm. Told you so. Didn't I? <laughs> I told you so. Look what look those games. What do you guys feel? Yeah, we can talk about tactics and blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 new coach. Uh-uh. Look at the team. Yeah. That energy coming back, that, that, that glue, that, that, that thing they have. Oh. <laughs> well, let's, 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 let's talk about that first game. Let's just jump right into it. Uh, PSG against their rivals, Marseille, 2-1. Um, you had goals from Icardi and then Neymar with a late penalty. Uh Pretty cagey match, pretty, you know, highly contested match. Marseille played well, I thought, gave PSG a good challenge. Um, let's go with Kose here. What, you know, looking at that game particularly, um, give me a positive and a negative that you saw from that match. Well, obviously, I was incredibly ecstatic with the win. Um, I could give you hundreds of positives. The first one being that I wanted to get back at Marseille. Like, we, I needed PSG to win that game. And for us to be like, okay, the first thing that I, I think I tweeted after the game was like, well, okay, because we went like 10 years without them beating us, and then they beat us once. And then I was like, okay, well, the next 10 years start now. Um, so <laughs> I was really, really happy with the win. Um, and I think the team was really nice. Um, definitely, you can see, I, I'm sure we're going to talk more about Pochettino, I think. Definitely, you can see so much of what he's already been doing with this team and what his idea is. Um, and maybe the one negative would be, um, which I think maybe it's the whole negative of the whole Pochettino era for me, is that, you know, the team sometimes lacks a little bit of concentration, a little bit of positioning. And I think it's mostly because of what they are trying to do and the new style that they're trying to play with. But um, I was kind of upset that Payet got to score and, you know, put us in a little bit of a, of a tough spot in the last few minutes of the match. I mean, they dealt with it and you could, I, I, I don't know who tweeted this. I think maybe it was Mark that said you could learn something from Tuchel from 
to like finish games to be able to just like you know put games away um but yeah i was overall happy and i don't know if we got your thoughts i think you were traveling for the holidays so when you heard the news that tuchel was sacked i mean just in a couple words sum up how excited you were about that because you were probably the most vocal of all of us wanting him out of the club (laughs) oh i wanted him out so bad um and even i was extremely shocked that it actually happened um i still remember i was super super surprised even though it had they were like saying that it's already was going to happen it got to a point where everybody was like it's confirmed and then nobody really said anything and the club wouldn't confirm it um so it was like a whole roller coaster but i was happy um especially because i love the new audacity that this team has with this new coach um but i was really really happy that Tuho left like i saw this one tweet that said um uh, Pochettino has Icardi scoring and Paredes balling and two helistas were trying to convince me this was a wrong move. Like, <laughs> I am so happy we're in the right direction. Right direction. Matt, what do you think? Are we going in the right direction? And talk about that match against Marseille. Um, I was really impressed with Icardi's now scored in two straight goal uh, games after coming back from injury. Um, was he a positive or did you see something else? And maybe is there a negative that you that you spotted in that match? Um. Not so much, because beating Marseille, it's always good, isn't it? And like Kose is saying, hopefully this is the start of another another run now and we won't have to worry about them again for a few years. Bless their little hearts. Um, I think the one negative was that we didn't beat them a bit more comfortably, because I feel like in the first half we were completely in charge. And I was actually, I know you said you thought they gave us quite a good game, Ed, but I think in the first half they were quite poor. They didn't really get out of their own half. I think we had a lot of play and there was a, a lot of just untidy bits of play which could have... Uh, led to a more clear uh, a more clear chance or maybe one of those offside goals we could have stayed on side and I think that would have been a fairer reflection I think if we'd been two or three and up at half time it would have been fairer so I think and then them changing keeper at half time bringing that old guy on like who <laughs> I was like what Pele's coming on amazing uh, and then I was like what he's 38 he's older than me this is brilliant I love it when that happens um, uh, but we didn't really test him that much in the second half did we until Neymar came on and kind of um you know, change things up a bit. And I thought that was a bit, we just kind of handed the initiative to them, which is a kind of, you know, a problem we've seen before with PSG where they sort of do half a job and then you're never sure if they're going to finish it off. But I'm sort of nitpicking really because I thought it was a good performance overall and I enjoyed the game. And I think like Kose was saying, I think you're already seeing the Poch influence on the team, how it's changed. And I'm sure we'll come on to that later. But generally, generally very happy and nice to see, like you say, Mm -hmm. Icardi back looking more like his old self, like not just with Ooh. his goals, but just his sort yeah. of sharpness. Oh, he looks sharp. Yeah, really yeah. good. Well, Guillaume, I I, maybe, oh, go ahead, Matt. No, I was just going to finish just to say that I think maybe seeing Moise Keane, you know, take his place in the first half of the season and do so well might have given him a bit of a kick up the backside. So hopefully that's the case and we'll get, we'll get Pete yeah. Cardi. That good would point. be nice. That would be nice. So Guillaume, I famously have tweeted in the past that uh, PSG Marseille, isn't a big game at least for PSG we've beaten them so many times it's like whatever it's not a big deal but is the rivalry back you had Pochettino posting on his Instagram how much it means to beat them and uh, we saw the game was you know we'll talk about Neymar and and, um, Gonzalez later on but I mean is this rivalry back now I mean I thought it was a really good game and then also talk about pros and cons that you saw yeah it's back and uh, again I love it we, we're talking about PSG Marseille, but did you see how Brest played against us? Really good. <gasps> yeah. Whoa. That's, in a, in a, I mean, I've been hoping for this for years. 
they played football against us. They played beautiful football. They played like a team, like who they are. They're like, you know, we're going to play our football. And they gave us a really hard time. I mean, a hard time. They gave us a fight. And we have a team that knows how to fight now. Like a team that, um, that trusts its defense doesn't, doesn't really mind being put in difficult situations because there's a trust there, because there's Marquinhos there. Um, I'm, I'm going all over the place, but Marquinhos right now, the game he had against Marseille, guys. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And there's Navas. So we've seen the team. Yeah, he's, he's Ballon d'Or level. Like right now, he's back to like, oh, I can't describe, guys. I mean, when I see a player like this. Oh, and behind there's Navas. And the team feels it. And we've, you know, it was hard for me to see the team being put in hard situations after all the Mota Verati years where we had full control, full control, full control. And I'm getting used to it, and I love it. And you see, like, oh, my God, we're in trouble, we're in trouble. And then you, th you see, you know, even when Marquinhos is, be is beaten, which is really rare, then you have Kimpembe that can do a tackle like he did. It, like, there's things happening in our defense, and you're like, okay. So now you feel better about the, the way the team attacks. Because, you know, if we are countered there, and we will be, we, we, our defensive transitions and the intensity in defense and, and the, the, the great strength of the defense is its positioning. It's like the, the, oh boy, and that's Marquinhos, guys. It's like, you know, anyway. Um, I'm, oh my God, I'm loving it. I'm loving it so much. And Mbappe sucks so much right now. But even when he sucks... <laughs> No, I mean, for Kylian Mbappe, yeah. level is catastrophic. But then he does that in the square. Still, like that fraction of a second, you're like, oh, my God. And that's an assist. And who's there to finish it up? Well, it's been keen, but now it's Icardi. Did you see Icardi? Yeah. Made a great run oh. to the box. <laughs> and then uh, Push is trying... So Verity is not a 10. He's not, but I think he tried. And, oh, he should try that again. A Paradise Verity. And the game Paradise had against Marseille, especially the second half. Oh, my God. With the ball. Without the ball, he's not there yet. But that you can work on that. You yeah. can work on that. Now he's got a, a coach who, like, speaks the same language. And if he can correct his positioning without the ball, but his passes, guys. <laughs> Paredes is sneaky good. I don't think he gets the credit. He, he's sneaky good on this the team. The second half. Some people yeah. just have an agenda. Yeah. And who's, agenda. who's there now to receive? So that's Pash, um idea. Who's there to receive the ball now? Well, Verratti, Neymar, Mbappe. Uh, okay. But Verratti is not a 10. Um, and he will never be, but maybe he doesn't need to be a 10. Maybe he just needs to be Verity playing higher up. And it's been tried before until he tried it, um, you know, and maybe it will work. 
if you know paradise is of, is not is at a good level and variety is a good level and that's the formation that fits the opposition so many options now so many options and then the the Delhi alley rumor is coming back okay okay yeah. i mean he's he, he, you know uh, posh knows what he's doing he knows he knows he knows him and maybe he feels like he could bring something mm-hmm. but then then there's so many We'll have and, to see and, what we can get him for. If we can get him on a loan, not a lot of money, maybe Tottenham can place, pay some of his wages. Take a flyer uh, on him. That's what Mark Damon was saying on the other yeah. show. But like, I feel like there's um, at at every level in the club now for the first time. I mean, Leonardo knows, guys. The transfers he's done. There's a part of luck in there, but like, there's a feeling. It's like okay, Keeney. Is going to fit right in. Forensi is going to fit right in. Um, uh, what is his name? Ex Barcelona. My brother. Oh, Rafinha. Raf. Raf yeah, is going to yeah. fit, and he did. What Rafinha is bringing, I mean, uh, yeah. Well, you, you know, you're and, a, and a, so at every <laughs> level, there's like a there's a thing going on. It's it's like a, we feel it. There's an identity. There's an energy. There's a an excitement. And Mbappe's success. Imagine <laughs> when he's going to go, oh boy. And then, you know, Icardi can get injured again. But then there's Keane. I mean, it's like, oh God. We've got depth. Okay. At least going forward. I think our fullbacks, we could still use some depth. But Yeah, sure. Um, you know, so Poch has been here for three games. And Kose, you know, he had the 1-1 against Etienne. The 3-0 that um, Guillaume just mentioned against Brest, which was a really entertaining game. And then obviously we beat Marseille. So, like, you wanted Pochettino. You wanted a change. What are you seeing that's different between the two managers? Um, what are you? What is getting you excited? And if you want to give me, you know, what you think Pochettino's ideal starting eleven would be, maybe for a big Champions League match, um, go ahead and share that as well. All right, absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, I think we've been able to tell um, game by game the type of ideas and the type of football really that um, Pochettino is trying to implement at PSG, and I think that. We're going in the right direction um, because there's a lot of um, systems in place um, from you know the previous manager that still are there that people still try to follow a lot of the things that were implemented in that way. Um, I think Tuchel used a lot of on the ball defending and he just would hold on the ball and just kind of like pass it sideways to like be like, well, if they don't have the ball, they can't score on us. Um, and I think that um, that is really what the biggest change Pochettino has been trying to achieve is more of being like, okay, we have the ball, we have to go forward, there has to be more intensity, there has to be more pace, more quicker transitions, um, and that's obviously making us more effective, uh, something that I really, really like. Something that, without Neymar, I think is costing Mbappe a lot, uh, because he, for some reason, is like he's not able to tell that he has to play off of someone and he tries to play himself and that often just ends up um, just tangling his own self um, and wasting so many opportunities and good spaces that he could use if he would just play off of someone, even if that's Verratti, which I agree with Guillaume, has not been ideal as the as the 10 that Pochettino, I think, was trying to use him as. But 
has been very, very effective because we know he's a fantastic midfielder. And if he has opportunities in the field, he will break passes, play simple touches, open the field. He completely brings you a different perspective um, when you are going forward. So I think it's definitely worth the try. No, Berratti is like, when oh. I see him, absolutely insane how silky and smooth he is. So, you know, it, definitely I think it's working. Whatever he's trying is working. Um, I think there are backdrops to it as well because um, I think Tuchel tried to construct this like safety net most of the time to try to avoid crazy uh, things going too crazy. Um, and that's something that we don't really have uh, or I feel like we don't really have right now with Poach. So what I think that translates is into teams like Brest being able to play beautiful one-touch coming out of pressure football because... It's like Barcelona out there. (laughs) Yeah, they became, (laughs) like, honestly, um, I keep keep forgetting. I I know I can get it here, but there was... Oh, um, Honorat, I think. Woof. What a player. What a player. He did really, really well. And I was surprised that he didn't score against that because he was absolutely fantastic. Um, Yeah, Honorat. So... You know, I think those are things that we can still improve on um, and understand that we are playing a much riskier game. You know, this is a manager that comes from the English league um, and a lot of the things that we are seeing are very trademark tactics in the English league. So I think it just needs time to adapt. Um, Thank God we have a player like Marquinhos who always knows when to intervene and always knows when to put out fires. Um, I, like Guillaume, are very optimistic of our shape and our form going into the future, especially once... The king fully comes back. Nobody will be able to 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 defeat this PSG. And Matt, talk to me a little bit about Pochettino. You know, one thing Tuchel may not get a whole lot of credit for is solidifying PSG's defense. I mean, PSG been one of the better defensive clubs in all of Europe, and with Pochettino going forward and pushing and more attacking, and maybe PSG's um, lack of pressing and doing it well could leave them exposed at the back. So. You know, is that a negative that we could potentially run into against a team like Barcelona, where we're just pressing forward and we're just way too open at the back, especially with our fullbacks probably not being Champions League quality, other than maybe Florenzi. But um, what are you seeing from Pochettino, and is the defense a worry for you? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, sort of under sympathy here that our fullbacks might not be Champions League quality. (laughs) I think that's probably the. I think that would probably be my biggest concern, um, just because at Tottenham he was very reliant on his fullbacks, like giving him a lot and a lot of energy and also a lot of quality, providing the width. Because you see the midfield and it's kind of like a box, isn't it? You've got two deep and then you've got two further forward and then you've got two sort of up front. So it's been like you say, Verratti and um, and Di Maria and in the sort of the middle two, as it were, and. Um, that's going to keep things extremely narrow. So you do need that quality at fullback. So I would be a little bit concerned about that. But at the same time, you can't have it. You can't have everything, can you? There always whatever tactic you do, you're probably going to leave some space somewhere. So I'm not too worried. Like I think the defence still looks looks okay. I think we are, like Jose was saying, we are a bit more open. But I've I've been sort of pleasantly surprised by how quickly Pochettino has been able to change the emphasis of the team a bit. It looks a lot, the passing looks a lot quicker, a lot sharper. It doesn't always work at the moment because I think it's not, they're not quite getting what he wants to do and maybe he hasn't got exactly the players. I mean, I'm quite enjoying Verratti at 10, but I agree it's not ideal, not least because you then don't have him taking the ball off the defenders. And I think we've seen a couple of times when poor old um, Idrissa Gay has been there and uh, 
tried to uh, tried to wiggle out like Verratti does, and it didn't really work, did it? Obviously, led to a, I think it did lead to a goal, or it led to a really um, in one of the other games, I think. But there's been a few occasions like that where you're like, we really need Marco there. But I also do like having him higher up the pitch so that he can, um, you know, he can influence things going forward. But I guess that's, I guess probably if we can sign a 10 or depending, you obviously Neymar's going to come back into the team, you've got to make that work. I think that'd be the other thing as well. I think um, obviously you put Neymar in and you've got another very attacking player in the team and it's going to change the change the balance a little bit. So I think that'd be the, um, that's the next challenge for Poch, how you get Neymar and Mbappe and Di Maria and one of the strikers in, uh, which I'm sure he'll I'm sure he'll manage. There's worse problems to have, but I think that's potentially going to change the emphasis of the tactics a little bit. And uh, Guillaume, just to backtrack to what you said um, previously about Deli Ali, um, <laughs> looks like Fabrizio... Co- uh, co- Go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. Kose started his anti-Di Maria propaganda again. Yeah. Oh, no. I just like, feel I need to say Oh, yeah, that. such a bad game. Such <laughs> yeah, a bad pass yeah. for- Cardi. Yeah, did you see the? Did you in see fact, our goal, Kose? How did that? How did that come about? Do you remember? It's like my cat. My cat could do that. <laughs> Only Cardi at that moment. Oh yeah, no, you're so right. You're so right. Yeah, let's get him out. His left foot is a catastrophe. He feels nothing. Oh yeah, it's terrible to have him in the rotation. We'll see what he can do this. We'll see what he can do this year, and then. Maybe not extend his contract. I wouldn't be terribly upset if that were to happen. But just real quick, I just saw um, Fabrizio Romano had uh, tweeted out or, or quoted somewhere. Someone on Twitter said that, you know, he's pushing for a move away from Tottenham, but Spurs are reluctant to let him go. So, But PSG want him. So this might come down to the, the end of the transfer window here. But maybe we'll see if that's a player that comes in. Alone would be nice, depending on how the wages are split up. But Guillaume... Um, I want to talk about Pochettino. I asked everyone to give me a, a starting eleven that they think Pochettino would go and go with in, in a big Champions League game, and no one's given it. So, give me what you think Pochettino's starting eleven would be. Impossible to know, and you know he's going to try a lot of things too. He knows, you know, to shell left with a with a base and and. Pochettino is a high-level coach, and he's done his homework, and he's got his own ideas. But in one thing for sure, he knows who are the starting players. Um, who do you think the, the starting three would be, or the the attack? Who would you go with? You know, the fantastic four. I mean, who do you think would well, be the attack? Ideally. And it depends then how, you know, the, the, the actual form of each player and all. But, you know, Icardi is going to be there. Neymar and Mbappe is, is like, you know, uh, there's like when Icardi is like this. There's and I you mean, have Keen... Neymar and you. But Keen on the bench. Yeah. And he comes like a fury on the. I mean, it's like a dream. But when Icardi is like this. He brings so much to the team, so much to the team, so much to the team. He's so complimentary with Neymar and Mbappe. His, 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 his calls, his moves in the box, I mean, and boom, boom, go. Nobody can do that. Nobody can do that. Icardi can. So you have Icardi, Neymar, and Mbappe. How can you not, how can you not uh, have them? And um, I think he's going to insist on the 4-2-3-1. Because... For defensive transitions, it seems to be a good idea. Um, we'll see if, if Verratti stays there or comes back. 
I don't, I don't know if the Paradise Variety thing is going to happen again. Um, maybe you try. But we know the starting 11 and exactly, you know, who's, who's, gonna... the, who's the starting left back? Is it Bakker? If if Bernat is back in time, do you play him? I don't think he will be, but it's no, well, if Bernat is back, it's, it's Bernat. But yeah, ba Bakker is okay. Like, Bakker has, guys, Bakker has been good. Yeah. He's been good. But is wow. he ready for a Champions League against Barcelona? Is Is he ready for that? That's the yeah. question. Yeah, physically, you know, no problem. Um, yeah, technically, is I mean, uh, over over Kurzawa, yeah, he is over yeah. Diallo, yeah, he is. Yeah, the other question you have to ask yourself is: Is Kazawa ready for a Champions League match no. against Barcelona? No, and I think we all know what the answer to that is. So, no. <laughs> Even if you know he improved and and defensively he's been interesting. Oh, I just wanted to mention Diallo. Mm -hmm. Good game, interesting. Yes. Good game. His his passing is really interesting. Too. So defensively doing his job, not perfect, but like solid. <gasps> Finally, because he's, you know, Diallo was a hot prospect on the, on the market. I mean, you don't. And he wasn't cheap. He wasn't cheap no. for good reason, because he's got it all potentially. He's physical, technical. He's got, you know, he had a really solid game. It's kind so of like now... Draxler. These players weren't cheap. We should probably try to use them. <laughs> yeah, but then, then you see him having a game like that against Marseille and, and Marseille, they were not easy. They had, they had a good game and he was very interesting and his passing is very interesting. I mean, we have so much depth now, yeah. but we know, of course we know the players we're going to start. What do you guys, what do you guys uh, real quick? No. Oh, sorry. Uh, what do you guys think about the, the comments after the game? I can just open this up. Uh, AVB, the manager from Marseille talking about they, you know, the better team didn't win and, you know, it, it tells you a lot how much PSG were celebrating that sort of thing. And anybody have any comments? Anyone want to smack them around a little bit? I just thought that was so petty and stupid of him to say. It's like they're the they're the first they're the first people to downplay the importance of the classic when they know that they're gonna lose or that they're in the or that they're in the short you know in the short end of the stick. But as soon as they beat us. It's all, we're back, we're going to win the league, which they're not even so hot in. Absolutely trash in Champions League. Like, <gasps> so Oh, my God. Bad. Oh, my God. So they were bad. so bad. They were so bad. Like, he was cr criticizing us for celebrating the Trophy de Champion like it was the Champions League. And they were celebrating when we lost the final. Just because we lost it, they were celebrating as if they had won it. I mean, yeah. this guy... Needs a he sounded like a Fox News commentator. Like yeah, it was like that's or like Killian Conway. I'm like A V B is the Sean Hannity of uh League on Man. It's the Sean Hannity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I felt bad for, I felt bad for the so guy. Stupid. Like, Don't you have I mean I do wonder if he was just trying to troll us, to be honest, because it's such like a nonsense comment. It's like, shut up, AVB, you've got your own problems. Like, I'll play, lose some weight, like you know, remind Tovan that he needs to turn up in big games just because he scored one goal against us now. Doesn't mean he can, like, take it easy for the rest of his life. Like, also shave off that ginger beard. Like, there's all sorts of things which he needs to focus on, not whether we celebrate winning a trophy or we don't. Like, just shut up, man. Like, anyway. Yeah. So he was basically, what I'm trying to say is he was trolling us and it's worked because it's made me... Uh, yeah, made me, I yeah. was always... Damn it. When I 
shown that the best way to offer respect to the opposition is to play the best that you can against them. So I think that, you know, even though historically during the last 10 years, PSG has been absolutely dominant in this matchup, I think that we are actually the side that takes the Klasik seriously and, you know, wants their, their, their rivalry to be there and, and wants to have a good good competition of football like we saw yesterday. But they are the first people who take this sort of route in which they just try to like, and you know what, I, it's part of, I actually like, I think that what Avano did was terrible for what, uh, well, it was terrible for, you know, the world, but it was amazing for views. Like now everybody knows what the enemy of Neymar is, who the, ne who the nemesis is. Like now Ligon has that that rivalry, you know, that Neymar used to have in La Liga, that in La Liga you can see these rivalries of players mm -hmm. who've gone against each other, have insulted each other over politics, have insulted each other over, you know, whatever comes over to your mind. Is that it's just that rivalry of that uh, rivalry of pure football instinct and that Neymar wins and he wins and he, you know, left him in the drub. Yeah. I love the rivalry. Uh let let's Expand a little bit more on the, on the French League here. Um, what do you make of the situation right now in Ligue 1 regarding the media pro uh, going bankrupt and Canal now playing hardball with the the domestic uh, TV rights there? They're, they're trying to like pay a lot less of a fee than what media pro had agreed to. I mean, you already have COVID wreaking havoc on teams financially and now they banked on this huge check coming in from media pro and now they're gone and they're not really going to get anywhere close to what they had anticipated so i guess we can just have an open forum here but like what are the very real consequences what could actually happen i i've gotten quite a few dms from people who are fans of psg and like what could happen like could the league fold will psg have to go to another league will psg have to start their own league i mean are loans from the French government going to be enough to float these teams for however long it takes to get fans back in the stadiums? I'll just open it up. Whoever wants to take this. I mean, it's just something a lot of people are talking about, so I thought we should discuss. Uh, I mean, I like the idea of PSG starting their own league. That's a no. suggestion. Yeah. Who, who would be in it? Like, I don't know. Like, we could have, like, no. Paris FC and Red Star, and we could just have a little, little free team like Paris League. A few new no. teams. No, um, sorry. Um, no. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Guillaume. Uh, it's okay. it, I was, I did, I was going to say something serious. Yeah, I think this is really bad, obviously. And um, I think we had a similar thing in England about 20 years ago where um, the teams, it was didn't affect the Premier League, but all the leagues below the Premier League signed up to this new TV deal where we got loads of money. So, like, my team, Cambridge United, got like a million quid or something, which is a lot of money for them. But the people weren't good for it and uh, it collapsed after about three months and um it was really bad like the effects of it were felt for like five ten years afterwards with clubs like struggling or going under or going into administration having to reform further down the pyramid or what have you so i think that it's going to have serious long-term implications and um you know there should be a lot of resignations at the at, you know the ufp or whoever it was that, um that signed up to this deal because clearly these guys were not the best you know they weren't the best offer on the table it might have been the most money but obviously they'd already been uh uh Serie A had already said no to them because they weren't they were a bit concerned about mm -hmm, them mm -hmm. uh and there were other people in who 
you can trust, you know, to who are good for the money, like Canel or whoever. And it just seems really, really bad judgment, especially at a time where yeah. money's a bit scarce. It seems like they just got a bit tempted by the by the big yeah. numbers and didn't really and there, do their. And there was a sorry, and there was a report that the reason that the the owners didn't really fight ending league on early last season was because they just anticipated before they would get this money yeah, yeah. they were like oh, they, okay this, you know <laughs> this is exactly what happened in england so like all the all the owners were like oh we can we can spend more money on players now so like all the teams like in like league one and league two were splashing the cash around then the money never turned up and they literally there was like 20 30 teams who really struggled for years afterwards and i unfortunately think that's what's going to end up to be the case in in league because you know these teams are not going to be able to i mean We'll, we'll probably be able to ride it out and the and the sort of the sort of teams at the top of the league well some of them anyway but for the smaller clubs it's gonna it's gonna be disastrous and I don't I don't really know what the what the way the solution to it is to be yeah I mean you. you say disastrous what does that mean I mean could Toulouse or Lorient I mean could they go under I mean Toulouse what is the worst case big. scenario what's a, a very real possibility I think so I think in England we there was a lot of um Basically, the FA kind of bent the rules to keep a lot of teams in business. So, like my team, Cambridge United, they were like days away from going out of business, and um, they uh, managed to get some kind of uh, broker a deal where they sort of, you know, paid back only a small percentage of their debts. So, I think if it's affecting the whole league, I think there'll probably have to be some kind of there's going to have to be some kind of big realignment, and there's going to have to be some acceptance that money that's owed to people is going to, you know, it's not going to get paid. And, because it's literally not there and you can't like you say Ed, you can't have all these teams going to the wall so uh i think there'll have to be a solution to be found and i mean yeah you'd probably know this better than me but i think france uh, you have quite an interventionist society quite a government that's happy to put our money for for stuff uh so i would hope that there'd be some kind of some kind of solution to be found yeah there. but guillaume is is ligon in the eyes of the french people worth saving you know, so like if in America the NFL was in danger and te- half the teams are going to go out of business, sure, like people would be out with pitchforks making donations. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. What would happen? We're in not France? there. No, we're, we're not yeah. there yet. But football is keeps growing. Um, something f- France never really had is a football culture, like like Germany, like England, like Italy, like Spain. Um, but it's changing. It's changing because there's such an identity. Football in France is what the NBA is in the US, basically. Um, yeah. And it's needed. Mm-hmm. France needs football, needs its youth to play. Um, it's, it's becoming vital. Mm-hmm. Football is growing. It's uh, absurd. China, I mean, Japan. You say the NBA, but it's probably more like soccer in America. It's growing. It's not great. No, <laughs> no. What I mean, you know, the NBA in, in a way that for uh, uh, culturally and practically, it's like a way for a lot of kids. Um, and it, it, it's, it's becoming a culture uh, in France. And it's still new. And the government sees a lot of positive things and has invested in it and always has. Um, it's, it's, football can be a, a little bit of a school of life. I mean, there's, you know, but it's growing. But football as, as a sport globally is, is growing too. I mean, the Chinese market, the China, there's like 
you know, it's amazing. So the, the media poll issue is, is a big problem right now, but I'm not too concerned. Okay. Um, there was a law that almost passed and was supposed to pass. And that, that, that causes a lot of issues in France because French people are politics, you know, after, after people watching at the cafe, which is a national spot, really. It's, <laughs> it's the second thing. We like so politicized and we love talking about politics. And behind it, there's values and philosophies. I mean, the French are interesting. Um, so there was a law that was supposed to pass because when we say taxes are high in France, it's a, it's a very vague thing. The really, really, really hard thing for, for uh, tax-wise is for an employer. It's when you pay, for example, if, I, if your salary is $10,000 a month and I'm your employer, you're going to cost, cost, cost me $16,000. Yeah. So, <laughs> so when your salary is 30 million euros a year, Neymar costs Paris Saint-Germain 100 million euros per fiscal year. That's insane. That's a lot. So that law that was supposed to pass and then some representatives went, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they should. And, you know, it, we're a country, we're a nation. We have, a, we, yeah, it was like chopped down. Because it causes a lot of problems. Why, why the football players and not the... The CEOs of, you know, ah. but there was like something happening there. So if, if I, maybe I'm optimistic, but I feel it like if, if, you know, you're not a, a sky is falling guy. You think it's all going to oh, work out. Okay. Who hits the fan is going to go, it's going to go back there and there will be help. Um, some clubs may go under. It's okay. League two has some solid, Clubs that were in League One, from from you know semi big cities with a tradition, and they can they can kick in, they can step in, and um, no, I'm not I'm not too worried. Um, and and finally, if teams can play like Brest did, and they are, no, it won't happen every game, but it's like, and now you have a game, and you're a neutral guy. I don't know, you're a guy in. Malaysia, and you have access to League One, and you see that game, you're like, darn, this is good football. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if just nobody someone, can watch it. That's the problem. It's good football. Well, I mean, but that opens doors. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. Like, Google suddenly is like, you know what? Boom. There you go. Because there's an opportunity, because League One is becoming more attra attractive. And I know if I invest now, I can make it even more attractive. And, and, and Neymar extend his contract, and Mbappe say, yeah, all right. Ooh, so, the, you know, um, yeah, I feel it. I feel so, so you're relatively optimistic. optimistic. There's, there's issues, but I'm not, I don't think it's going to go. Forever the optimist. I like it. Kose, um, you share that optimism, or do you think there's some really, very real consequences for some of these smaller teams coming down the pipeline? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that there's going to be incredible um you know economic damage to what clubs are expecting because that's what we've seen across the world right that's what we've seen every type of for-profit business you know family-owned businesses especially businesses that don't really have 
the financial backing to solve an ongoing problem, which still is not close to being done. Um, and I think that, you know, a lot of the times what's really going to end up happening is the bigger clubs are going to be asked to be to step in and help. And because that's what, what has been done in other leagues as well. Um, with even like Bayern donating money to Dortmund a bunch of times. Um, so I think that's what's going to be eventually what, what it's going to need to happen. I think the biggest thing is there's just going to be a very big reshuffle of football clubs. Some are going to be able to really outmanage themselves into a better position, um, while others are going to do the opposite. So we're just going to see a lot of clubs shuffling and having new clubs being able to like come in and manage their debt and like maybe they were already in a you know low consuming financial position before this started and so they were able to you know take this opportunity as like with many players that you're seeing now we play the same amount of games that we were playing last year but you know in probably 80 maybe 70 percent of the time that we had last year so there's more injuries there's more rotation you can see um you know valencia's is overall age Who? in la liga Who? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, they're 22. Their average age is 22. So that just tells you about how many opportunities there's going to be for new talent to come in. And academies are going to be trusted again and needed. And that's really what I think football is going to look like now from now on. Especially with things like this happening where clubs were already expecting all of this money. Now they're strapped for cash. What they can sell is probably sell off their best players and then produce material to sell. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And that's really what happened in the example in England, which I mentioned previously. You saw a real depression of the transfer market for quite a long time afterwards, you know, particularly for the lower league clubs where they were having to sell players because they literally had no money. And it does really benefit those teams who make the most of what they've got, who can use their academy, who can use their resources and are well managed. So I think you're right. I think what Guillaume was saying, that we might lose some of the teams who are there now but there's other teams waiting in the wings. And I think the ones who can turn this into an opportunity without wanting to sound, you know, too, too sort of, uh, you know, trite about it can sort of possibly take advantage. Yeah. But I think we should also like, I think we've all been fairly sort of, you know, pragmatic about the situation, but we should also say that I saw a report yesterday that like PSG have put like 400 staff on the French equivalent of furlough leave where they've basically, they're only working part time and that, you know, we shouldn't think we're immune to all this stuff because that's really bad for those people and really, you know, quite a quite a shit situation for them. So, you know, uh, we we can't like just just take for granted that we'll be fine because you know it's having a real impact on our club as well. Yeah. No. Um, and shame on PSG a little bit for that. I mean, if you can pay Neymar and Mbappe's wages, I don't know if you well, need to put those people on furlough, mm -hmm. right? That seems. It's uh, it's business. That's yeah. what business does. Yeah. Like. They yeah, can afford but yeah, it. Yeah, shame. They well, yes, they can, but they don't because they they are business and there's, you know, nobody's perfect. Uh, but what a good feeling to know that financially for us, for Paris Saint Germain, times are tough, but they're not. They're tough because of regulations. They're tough because of laws and you know rules. But behind that, it's like, uh, how much you need? I you know, like 100 and here is, listen, here is 300 million, just in case, like 
the finances behind Paris Saint-Germain. It's just... Yeah, their losses uh, uh, are not anywhere uh, compared uh, to some of the lower teams. I think the PSG will survive. But let's uh, let's switch gears here for a minute and, and go back to the game against Marseille. And I want to talk about Neymar in particular. There were a couple of big talking points with him. You know, we had at the end of the, the match, um, you know, biting on the, the badge, the PSG badge in a playful manner. So that's always good when a player is currently in contract negotiations. So you like to see that. And then Alvaro Gonzalez. Um, this is a guy Neymar played for 25 minutes. And I think he was the most fouled in that game. Um, Gonzalez had like grabbed him by the head, and it, it was just ugly. And I don't know if and there's tweeted any... yeah. that he was emptying the trash. Yes, and then and then what was on the That's pitch? What I do with the trash? Yeah, spilled over to Twitter, and and he basically called Neymar trash and said that he's never gonna live up to um, Pele. And it, it's it's gotten really ugly. So again, we can just open this up to a discussion. I mean, should the league step in here and suspend him? Or any, I mean, he didn't wasn't sent off for grabbing him by the head like that, and somehow, somehow, like the league surely has to step in here. This is ridiculous. No, oh, no, you don't oh, think so? They're just, they 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 like this feud. Of course, <laughs> it's like perfect. Like they're like, oh, of course, it's awesome. We talk about it. People talk about it. It's on Reddit. It's on. Yeah, it's a bit stupid, isn't it? But. We like it. We hate it, and we like it at the same time. What are you gonna do? Well, well he, like... here, here's the question: because we we play PSG play Marseille right before the Champions League game. Can you risk putting Neymar out there and getting thrashed and thrown all over the pitch, and maybe getting injured and missing that game? Like that's that's what Pochettino yes. has to deal with, right? I mean, would you play him yes. in that game? Yeah, you would. Kose, yeah. would you play him in that game? Um, I, I mean, see, this is my stance here is that I agree in the sense of like, I think it's the, the revival, this, the, 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 this fight that we're seeing now between Neymar and Alvaro goes much beyond, um, just values or like, it's a much, it's, it's on a much more personal level, I think. And I think that Neymar wanted his vendetta against Alvaro Gonzalez and he wanted to be able to, you know, score and, and dance and jump around the field and you know he deserved that and i and i was happy that he was able to do that and winning a trophy not only for pochettino but for florenzi as well who also earned the first trophy of his career um oh so, yeah they were so happy yeah absolutely there was so, it was so cute what they did and then they threw him in the air and oh yeah so i, I think exactly i love that i love that i oh, love that this rivalry amazing. now that means that and that players this is a super cup Two years ago, when I saw the Super Cup, I couldn't even care less who even won that game. But that was not the case yesterday. And I think that's really what I take away from this interaction. Now, on the other hand, I do think that Alvaro is absolutely awful. Like, he's a terrible person. He's perfect. He did not, exactly. He's the perfect enemy. Like, he did not, he did not try and, like, legally stop, not even Neymar, but just anyone. Like, throughout the game, he was just giving out kicks to absolutely everyone. Um, so I think that, you know, it's a danger and in the case of somebody getting injured or something like that, it's a week the, before the Barcelona game, do you, would you play Neymar? I wouldn't play him. That's just me. You got to play him. I wouldn't play him. If we're playing against OM, if we're playing against OM, yes. They, they are not the priority. I wouldn't play Neymar in that game. You, you're going to their stadium. 
I wouldn't do it. He, no, absolutely it's a not. Huge game. It's a massive game. You have to win that game. And you have to let your best player shine on that field. You won it. You won it with Neymar playing 25 minutes. I think we can beat Marseille <laughs> with other players. We need Neymar for the Barcelona tie. He cannot get injured in this game. We have a player he'd that get, basically said, I'm going to take there. out the trash. He'd be there. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm if feeling I were it Pach, good. I I'm feeling it. Oh, I am feeling that game so well. <gasps> take him early. Take him out early if you want. Guys, I'm 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 saying it. I may regret. I don't care at this point if I regret. He gets injured. It. We're I doing a podcast, I... and I'm just gonna say I told you so for an hour straight, and that's sure. gonna be the podcast. Sure. <laughs> yeah, you'll be allowed to. It's okay, we should still be yeah. able to beat Barca without Neymar. I am yes on <laughs> top of it. On top of it, we can. They're we looking can. better. Barcelona's here. Marseille is here. Pick our battles, Matt. We, am I crazy? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not going to help you out with this one, Ed. Um, I think I don't agree. I think if he's available and he's, you just play him. Like you can't. You could just not play Neymar in every game from now on because people do like to kick him. Like because he probably is quite annoying to play against, and he's really good. So. I, Probably, yeah. I see what I see where you're coming from, but I, I, I mean, I would, I, I would probably just play him. I don't know what Poch will but do. But this is a guy that like say. is on Twitter, I mean, like I, calling him names. He apparently racially abused him. Like this is a guy who hates Neymar and will be coming after him. In 25 minutes, he was the most fouled player. And now against Nice, okay, play him. They don't have players on Nice that are coming after Neymar specifically and trying to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> You're making Alvaro sound like the Terminator or something. Like, he's just like got his eyes are going red and he's like charging onto the field. Like, Neymar, I'm going to kill you. Alvaro's like um, that guy in Terminator 2, was it? Like the liquid guy that's coming after. It's like, you can't kill yeah. him. They just tear out of the gold mountain. He's more of a Terminator 1 type. Like, yeah. You know, I mean, rigid. That guy, yeah. I mean, it's not that, he? it's he's not like, that impressive. Oh, Neymar, you'll never be as good as Pele. It's like Alvaro, who will you never be as good as? <laughs> like, like the list of, we'll be there all day making a list of all the people who are better than you, start mate. Like, winning your first trophy. <laughs> yeah. You will be a step in the right direction. Then we'll talk again. But it's going to be a long, long road for you, Alvaro. A long, which <laughs> you will, and you'll never get there. You'll never get there, Alvaro. So uh, blah 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 blah. Yeah, oh, cool. 31. I mean, Neymar is like Zlatan in 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 that he can talk the talk and walk the walk. Yeah. Who else can you know? Like, okay, you want to talk? We're gonna talk. Then watch, watch. Not since Jerry Go ahead, Mendes, provoke me. We've seen a provoke like me, that. provoke me. It fuels me, baby. It fuels me. Provoke me. That's where I get when I when I'm provoked. And that's like, yeah, is is. Uh, I mean, imagine the hate he must provoke in some players. They they must be like, what's happening to me? Like they hate him, but they love him at the same time too. He's 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 a strange he's a strange guy. Yeah. He's a strange think, guy. Strange I think guy. the other thing to say about Neymar is that the last few years we've tried this thing where we sort of. He, we seem to pick and choose what league games he plays in. And I appreciate this is quite a specific circumstance where there's obviously like beef between the two of them. But it hasn't really worked that well for us. He's got injured anyway. So I'm kind of, uh, I just think if he's available and Poch wants to play him, he should just play him and not worry too much about what might or might not happen. Because yeah. he could just get injured in training. Just don't play him in cup. Just don't play him in the cup. Yeah, against 
like against uh where was it against Ogje? No, that then you don't <laughs> play him. But against OM, you have to play him. Yeah, you have to play him. Well, guys, I'm putting out a Twitter poll, and we will see who is right on this one. <laughs> we'll see what people have to say about that. I mean, Ed, it's I'm your, always it's your right. Podcast, so I'm you're always right. right Ed. But, you know, you know, you know, I'm always right. It's like even when I'm wrong, I'm still right. I'm putting so. Neymar in bubble wrap, like a week out of that game. He's got it. I mean, this is this is his moment to come back against Barcelona. He has to play in this game. He just has to. And if he gets injured against Marseille, I'm never going to forgive them. Not that I have, but you know what I mean. I'm going to be really pissed if that happens. So we'll put the, you know, go to at PSG Talk. You can vote in the poll. Um, actually, I'll put it for a couple of days because by the time you listen to this, the poll could be ended. So let's extend that. Um, all right, last topic before we get out of here. We've got um, a match against Angers on Saturday. What are you guys expecting for that one? Um, Neymar, I mentioned, played 25 minutes. Do you expect him to start in that one? What do you want to see from Mbappe? I mean, Guillaume said he's been playing like shit lately. <laughs> Hopefully he can start to play a little bit better. Um, do we yeah. see Poch maybe tinkering with the starting lineup, maybe a formation as we get closer to that tie against Barcelona? Just general thoughts. Um, Guillaume, we can start with you. Just overall, um, what do you expect for um, the match on Saturday? A surprise. Like, oh. You know, it was a surprise to see Verratti back up. Um, it's so open. I mean, it's so hard to to know what he's going to do. He's going to try other things. Um, the Danilo situation now is like, hmm, okay, what do we do with Danilo? Um, he may try Danilo against Angers because Angers, they have some like... <laughs> in midfield, you know? <laughs> and uh, Danilo is an asset and he needs to be... So basically man management. I'm very interested. Um, I like... I like um, his timing, I was like, okay, we need a replacement now. Boom, boom. I'm like, oh. Oh, he's like that too. Like, I've, like I really like, so far, it, you know, it's been only three games. But, like, like he's trying things. He's he's a good coach, guys. You can feel like he's like, hmm. And he's an ex-Paris Saint-Germain player. He got the culture. He knows the town. He knows its people. He knows the supporters. And not only was an ex-PSG player, he was the captain. And uh, okay, there's something. There's something there that Tuchel didn't have. And and I, guys, I love I love Tuchel. I love what did I love what he did at the club. It's I think more of a personality thing, and he he may. He's such. He's got such an ego. He's got such an ego to share. Oh, well, good for him. Posh, little less. And the Posh Leonardo thing, you feel like, mm, okay. So yeah, I'm very, um, very interested. I want to be surprised. Um, I'm, I'm. I mean, you know, I'm, I love, I love, I love Posh too. Uh, I think he's, he's the right fit. And and everything that's happening right now, and you know it never lasts. So in football, it never lasts. Um, I mean, sometimes you do. Sometimes you have teams that stay at that level for years. And but uh, we can be very optimistic and stop like being terrified of Neymar injury, of that voodoo losing thing. We we're, we're, we're a team now. We're a club, and we're a team. 
and it's gonna. I've, I don't see why it would go away. I really don't. We are where I've been hoping we would be mm. all of these years. In second and, place behind Leon. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. We are. We are. We are a big fucking deal now. Like Podcast good title. Luck. Although I don't know if I can put the F word. Good in the luck. Title. Good luck. In the draw, you know. They're like, like all the fans are like, oh, sh- oh shit, no, no, no. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hi. Yeah, go come play us. We want to play you. Well, I mean, oh, the, the game thing. against Angers should be good. They're in, I just pulled up the table. They're in seventh, only nine points behind PSG. So this is a team that could challenge us. Um, Kose, yeah. what, do you, what do you think for this game? I mean, do you think we'll see anything drastic? Do you think Neymar is going to start? What the hell do we have to do to get the best out of Mbappe? <laughs> Talking about uh, teams that are well run, yeah. That is the team that is well run, um, and I think that you know they they have the receipts to show it because with the budget that they have being in seventh place, uh, nine wins, three ties, seven losses. That's a pretty that's a pretty good team right there. So I think that this is going to offer a fantastic game. Um, I, like Guillaume, agree. I don't know what they're going to present. But I know I have the, have, I think it's Manganese name. Yeah, they're all, oh, they're massive. All of them, they're, they're freaking massive. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, it's like literally it's like playing against bodybuilders. So for sure it's going to. And this is a, a test that I'm actually really excited to see because throughout all of the games that I've seen with Pochettino so far, um, I feel like we use a lot of the technical advantages that our players players have to just play around opposition players. Yeah. Um, and we lack a lot of body. I was getting in a Twitter beef uh, with someone the other day because they were like, oh, we should start um, Rafinha, Verratti, and um, someone else. And I was like, no, that's like, you can't have that. They'll just like walk. Oh, none of them are like, none of, the, none of them are going to like, are like over 5'6", five, 5'7". Five, like they're just going to get run over. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how we counter that because we're not a tall team if you think about it. We don't no, have a lot of tall players. No. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> honestly, even like the players we consider tall, like Marquinhos is like six feet, Kempembe is like six one, like they're not even that tall. So it'll be very interesting to see how we fight, how we like able to play such such a physical team like Angie. Yeah. yeah, but Marquinhos, Marquinhos in the air. Oh, fabulous. Yeah. We got some guys that can jump. Now it's so it jumps. Oh, my God. See, we got to win the and Champions get, League for all the short them. guys out there. Everyone, you know, always hates on short guys. PSG is doing it for the short guys no, out there. No, we, we love you guys. <laughs> we love you guys. I love it. And you mentioned bodybuilders. We have one on our team, Tilo Care. He's uh, been in the weight room more than the football pitch um, from what we can tell from his performances. Baker. Yeah. He's Kimpembe. This is very true. Ooh. Matt, what are you looking forward to on Saturday? Yeah, I'm excited about the short guys revelation. I didn't realize the, uh, <laughs> the dream bigger slogan was literally a sort of inspirational message to everyone who's, uh, who's like five foot five <laughs> out there in the world. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, I think that it should be good. I'm looking forward to seeing what he does like with midfield because I feel like we've got a lot of options in midfield. I mean, obviously, some of them stand out, but a lot of them are kind of a bit mediocre and I'm I'm quite excited to see how he continues to change the combinations and see what works best. I think we talked earlier about the Verratti Paredes potential as a double pivot, whether we can see a bit more of that or whether it's, you know, we need one of the bigger the bigger chaps in there. Um, 
so many choices. Do with, I mean, yeah, it's really a sort of, I don't know, there's just a lot of options. And um, yeah, I think Danilo, he's just a just a really strange, strange player. Like, yeah, well, I hope you're right. I just, I get the feeling he, he reminds me of like, when you get one of these old guys turn up at five side who's obviously got really good skills and you see them and they do their really good skills, but they literally can't run. So uh, anytime, Danilo, anyone, Danilo can anyone. shred, shred. Yeah. He can shred like, okay, no pasaran. <laughs> and uh, he's got confidence. I mean, it's a big deal moving to Paris Saint-Germain. It's like, oh my God, Neymar, Mbappé, Verratti, Paredes, Icardi, Paris. We're a big fucking deal, and as you said. We're yeah. a big fucking deal. And uh, giving time, and it's a confidence thing. It's a lot, you know. But I've seen him. I've seen him like, oh, wow. Okay. Like, <laughs> and I like that. I like to see that. It's yeah. like, okay. Now, you know, you, you, you pass Verratti who's mobile. Somehow, somehow Marquinhos is, is not. And then, boom, you hit a wall. <laughs> boom. That's Danilo. And he can do that. Yeah. A lot more than that. And he'll get there. He'll yeah, get there. I hope so. And I think having someone like that who can drop into the in-between the centre-backs and gives the full-backs a bit more freedom, doesn't it? So I think potentially... I like the idea of him, but so far the the reality of him hasn't quite sure. lived up to, to scratch. Sure. So, yep. so hopefully we can with him getting a bit more game time, he might get up to speed a bit more. But I think that's that's the area of the pitch I'm most interested in at the moment because I think the upfront when they're all fit kind of picks itself, and the I think we know what our best defence is, uh, even if we're sort of maybe not sold on all of them. So uh, put put a, put a Fabinho or uh, Ndombele in his team and. Yeah, we'll see. We didn't talk about it, but the transfer window is still open for a couple more weeks. We'll see if anything gets done. We mentioned early in the show, Delhi Ali, um, potentially, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, guys, that's all the topics. We're, we just came up on an hour. Um, and then really quick, we just uh, I posted the uh, Twitter poll question at PSG Talk, and 61% to 38% say no. Do not play Neymar against Marseille on February Chickens, 7th. chickens. <laughs> um, so... Cowards. That'll be up for two days. If you want to go and vote, um, you can follow me at PSG Talk. Um, let's just go around the horn here. Kose, how can people find you on Twitter? Kose Senior. I like it. And Guillaume? Off the door one on Twitter. And, and Matt? I'm at PSG Tourist. Wonderful. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, make sure wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a review, subscribe, like us, whatever metric is, is uh, accepted. We always appreciate that. Um, thank you as always for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.